Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. It's a fairly confronting reading, the Gospel reading today, isn't it? It's about division and it's on the surface it's about division and it's about the faithful people, the disciples of God, possibly arguing with each other. And yet we can't also, we can't just see this passage on, on its own. We have to take it within the context that it's given. And the context of this is that it follows on from the other three rules of discipleship. Today we look at the general, the general idea of accountability. Last week we reflected on how we were held accountable when we held the things of worship above the heart of our worship space. Today we look at the idea of accountability as disciples when we hold onto a false peace instead of a truthful peace. Today Jesus offers striking anguished reflection on what his ministry means for those that hear his word. In very dramatic language, Jesus speaks about bringing the fire into the world and how he wished it were here now. As I've listened to other reflections, I often get the God of fire and brimstone, the Jesus that is here to take the world back. But I think as we read this, we need to read it in the Lucan context. The fire that he has come to spread, as John the Baptist prophesied, is the fire of the Holy Spirit. In his writings, in, in Luke's writings, we often see fire attributed to the charismata of the Holy Spirit, such as the tongues fell on them like fire. So when Jesus speaks about the fire coming down upon the earth, he's talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit released into the earth and his wish for the earth to be released, his wish for the Holy Spirit to be released in this moment is a strong yearning as the Lord would love to have the Holy Spirit released because if he was speaking to his people with the Spirit in their hearts, imagine the miracles and the changes and the release of the kingdom that could happen. And yet he speaks about the baptism which he has to go through, which it hasn't been completed. So our Lord knows that his passion journey needs to be completed and he needs to ascend to the Father before the Spirit is released as we worship today, we are those who stand in the presence of our Lord and Messiah as ones who are filled with the charismata of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit that burns in our soul and gives us our identity before God. As those filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, we are called to do two things. One, allow the Holy Spirit to destroy the temporal things that do not serve our relationship with God and two, to purify the things in our hearts that could serve God and be stronger in serving God and purer in serving God. Just like gold is, is fired up to remove the impurities, so too the fire of the Holy Spirit is aiming to remove the impurities of our hearts so that we are clear and, and uh, direct in the worshipping and knowing our God. It is in allowing the Holy Spirit to destroy the temporal parts of ourselves and to purify the durable parts of the soul 
that we find ourselves as people in conflict, trying to find that true peace. When Jesus warns about his coming peace, it is easy to allow that to remain a mystery. There's a peace coming, but what does that peace mean? And we can limit that idea by keeping it in the spiritual realm, limiting our interaction with those ideas, or saying, well, that was for the people of first century Jerusalem where the apostles needed to know that. And yet Jesus' anger is for all communities both then and now and is in line with the traditions of the prophets. We need to be called out as people who worship God if we are failing with the actions of our heart. We should not be peaceful in ourselves or with, other, or with each other if we are not living up to the standards of the gospel. The promise of God's peace for the people has always come with the expectation that God's people participate in making peace through acts of forgiveness and reconciliation. Disciples are called to be reconciled with each other and where there is a dispute, we are asked not to bring it into formal judgment but settle it with the power of the Holy Spirit. How many times in processes of litigation or in processes involving police or, or mistrust do we see Christian people acting in anything but a Christian way? Some examples that overtly come to mind are things like divorces. Two people that were so in love with one another actually come to an end point where they turn and hate on each other in order to facilitate a process that needs to be done through the law. Two best friends that started a business together might have, one of them might embezzle money and all of a sudden they're in litigation, hating on each other and there is no space for the Holy Spirit to be present. Jesus speaks about forgiveness leading to peace of mind peace of body and peace of soul. As the cost to the mind, body and soul when you are not in, in that state of peace is well documented by our health professionals and shows that even when we win, we lose something of ourselves, particularly through the stresses of the process of litigation. We are called not to settle for a false peace, Forgiveness is an option in each and every relationship we have and we must hold on to that. Peace doesn't come from forgetting the truth. Peace comes from holding on to the truth and seeking reconciliation and it confronts the truth so that a new path can be made forward. Jesus did not come to bring peace at any price or to settle for a status quo in order that we do not make waves. So the conflict that our Lord talks about begins with what we pay attention to and what we turn a blind eye to. The images of the weather watcher and being dragged through the courts reflect the contrast between devoted attention and casual neglect. If you order a meal at a restaurant, you expect the meal that you ordered. If you send your car in to be fixed and uh, it might have a flat tyre, you don't then expect them to put a new battery in the car. 
And if you renovate your shower to try and stop it from leaking, you expect the leaking shower to be fixed. So Jesus says, and, and, and I've paraphrased that from the gospel just to make it a little bit more relevant. Jesus says, if we can discern the standards that we expect here on earth, then how much more, is the, how much more should we be applying our discernment to the standards of eternal life and what we expect of ourselves so that the harmony of heaven is released into the harmony of our lives. Jesus' sayings challenge us to examine the inconsistencies between attention and neglect. Jesus gives us an underlying challenge in the area of accountability so that we can see if the inconsistencies reveal a pattern of prioritising things that are insignificant and jeopardising those things that are eternal. Next Saturday, we will be having our parish conference. We will be meeting to look at the patterns that we have established in our parish. Where are we, as a parish, prioritising the things that are insignificant and making them really important? And where are we jeopardising the things that are important and giving them no value in our lives? We will be, look, we will be working through a process to address the things that are temporal and do not serve our relationship with God and work on the things that are durable and enhance those so that the beating heart of our worship and parish is aligned with the beating heart of Jesus. Fear and anger in the face of some changes might be unavoidable and may lead to conflict. But we, can but we can't simply resign ourselves to settle for a false peace where there is no conflict and the gospel becomes an inconvenient distraction. We need to find the peace of God in a truthful peace. And if that leads us to new paths, so be it. Change is already in progress outside the walls of, all, of both our worship spaces. And even more change in our community seems inevitable as we move forward. As much as we try and block out the gaps in the walls, as much as we try and cover the windows and the doors so that change stops from breaking into our worship space, it is going to come because our Saviour will lead the church to treasure the things that have eternal value and allow the world in and allow it to be here in our worship space. And whether we like it or not, this isn't my church, this isn't your church, this is always Jesus' church, first and foremost. And Jesus will not stop trying to release his Father's kingdom until we all return back to the Father. How do we, in our parish, change together without being torn apart? That's the $64 million question and there are many parishes dealing with that question right now. In conversations about returning to the parish to be a strong spiritual presence in our community and release God's kingdom, progress will be very slow and solutions will be far off. The journey to find true peace and not a false one is difficult and cathartic. 
But one thing I have come to know as, my, as part of my calling is someone who is a healer and a reconciler in most of the situations I've been in is that we are more likely to succeed in the long term when we come back to the table of God and connect with God, when we come into fellowship and connect with each other, when we pray with each other, when we discern with each other, when we listen and speak the truths, the hard truths, so that God and Jesus can be present. As we try to share the peace that God alone can give, let us act in a way that gives peace a fighting chance in our parish context. Connect with each other, reconcile past hurts, allow the Holy Spirit to burn away the temporal things and be prepared to let go of any elements you might be holding on to that lead to a false priest. Um, peace. Conflict that comes with changing and moving from a false peace to a real peace in the real presence of Christ can be overcome if we adhere to the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And for this week, I've, in your Faith Matters section, the little sheet that I always put in each week, I've looked at the fruits of the Holy Spirit from a perspective of false peace and from a true peace. So what I'm asking you to do is to look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit and to look at how you are showing the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Is humility a way to enhance yourself and step upon the one that is on, cro on the cross already or do you step back and allow Jesus to lead you? There's a lot of things that we can look at before we even meet. And so I challenge you to have a look and be accountable for the peace, the true peace or the false peace that you're holding on to right now. When we come to meet holding ourselves accountable, we are on fire. And we are on fire in a way that is purifying us to release the kingdom. Now, can you imagine when we actually meet, if every one of us here is on fire for the Holy Spirit, then when we meet to talk about where we're headed as a, as a parish, imagine the fire that will burn that day and the decisions that will be made in the Spirit of God moving forward. With the parish on fire to find a true peace, to find a path forward, how much will our Father in heaven seek to use us to release his glory and his kingdom into every space that we go into? The Lord be with you.